welcome back and uh, this is a continuation from our previous lesson which is uh, developing a strong team i'm going to embed the last segment of developing a strong team with how to use resources wisely so i pray that um, um, it will clarify a lot so last time we stopped on the qualities of uh, how to become a good leader and um, we're going to look at a motivating leader you know we're going to see who a motivating leader is you know i might tell you to motivate people and you don't understand what it means what it requires you know what it entails but um, a motivating leader is a faithful builder one who inspires others to do great things in fact they find ways to keep themselves strongly motivated to achieve higher expectations another thing about a motivating leader is that they create an atmosphere of victory before moving their people into action in fact motivated people can accomplish much unmotivated people however are hard to move and hard to deal with another thing about a motivating leader is that they display a pleasant cheerful disposition and spread cheerfulness to others cheerful people are easy actually to relate to and to work with um, however sad people who are quick to complain work poorly and rarely work in unity a motivating leader also displays an enthusiastic spirit by developing a motivating environment they attract yet fine uh, yet um, they attract uh, a, a, a functional um, um, how do I put it I want to see the best way to express it um, okay they are attractive and yet functional and their surroundings um, um, have this thing about them that bring cheerfulness in fact sometimes people use music as a way to cheer themselves up when they are working because there's a way music connects with people you know there's that that beat that that groove that just moves you like if you're if you're doing some work and and you're frustrated and I got Jesus in my life. I'm moving for his glory like a fire every day. So you you just you know you just feel there's something about you that is praiseworthy. So sometimes music is actually used to motivate people um, um, to, to, to do to do better. Um, a motivating leader also let's look at another a motivating leader also is obligated to do everything possible to provide and maintain momentum in the ministry organization because momentum is built when people have a clear vision of what the corporation should be and when they know what it takes to reach their goals so a motivating leader is expected to create that atmosphere for the people that they are working with another thing about a good leader number 10 is that they make good friends very very important a good leader must make good friends a leader should always have at least one trusted friend at least one in the people you're leading you should have at least one trusted friend and uh, you must develop something attractive about yourself that will make others want to be friends with you and this personal magnetism will help to attract the right people um, as friendships are built eh, they should be maintained through respect understanding and uh, courtesy yeah Friendships sometimes come in many levels and forms. There are friendships that are best kept at a distance and there are others that can be kept close. 
A good leader must choose the friends carefully. You must constantly prune out those with a critical spirit, those who enjoy gossip, ambitious people who lack self-discipline, those who steal, lie, and are ill-mannered. In fact, you as a good leader must avoid those who lack integrity or who are inflexible and afraid of change. Keep those people away from your circles. The book of Proverbs, chapter, uh, the book of Proverbs, chapter eighteen, verses twenty-four says, "A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother." Uh, Proverbs chapter 17 verse 17 says, A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Hallelujah. Another quality of a good leader, number 11, is choose good advisors. Choose good advisors. If you have no advisors as a leader, ah, that leadership, um, that leadership, attitude you're running is risky yeah choose good advisors even the best leaders need good advice from time to time good friends may certainly give good advice but usually a leader who also needs one or more advisors usually uh, needs one or more advisors like a friend an advisor must have high high integrity and be extremely trustworthy however a friend cannot necessarily have some qualities that are essential in a good advisor. Um, so you can't have a friend as an advisor, though friends can advise. Advisors should be advisors, friends should be friends. The people should go to for advice. And these are people of experience, knowledgeable, of understanding. Yeah. Um, an advisor who is good. Uh, should have objectivity. Often, uh, feelings can cloud judgment, so an advisor must be able to detach themselves emotionally and look objectively at all aspects of an idea or plan and give a balanced appraisal of it. I'm helping you understand who can be your advisor. Someone who is not emotionally attached to the advice they're going to give you. They're objective. They think at all sides of the corner. An advisor should also carry wisdom, yeah, carry wisdom. A leader's friends may or may not be endowed with this godly attribute of wisdom. The advisor to whom a leader listens will not be worth listening to unless they have wisdom, yeah. Another thing uh, to look out in an advisor is experience. An advisor's experience is very vital because uh, to include successes and failures, it should, um, you know, have uh, good and bad because they have experienced all these things. Such a leader, uh, such an advisor can provide a leader with uh, a valuable model as well as safeguarding them from possible pitfalls because usually most advisors have gone through it all. Yeah. Another thing about an advisor that you should look out for, for someone who can advise you, is that they must have expertise. Yeah, an advisor with expertise in specific aspects of the work to be done will be a very great asset. For example, uh, a financial and tax advisor or spiritual advisor. This could be your pastor or your mentor, spiritual father. And the counselor would all have expertise that could be helpful in various aspects of one's ministry. So look for advisors that have the expertise, that have the experience, that have wisdom, and that are objective. Verses, um, verses, 11, verses 14 of chapter 11 of the book of Proverbs says, For lack of guidance a nation falls, but many advisors make victory sure proverbs 11:14 for lack of guidance a nation falls but many advisors make victory sure proverbs 15:22 says a plan um, plans fail for lack of counsel but with many advisors they succeed proverbs uh, proverbs chapter 24 verses 6 for waging war you need guidance and for victory 
you need many advisors so have that at the back of your mind whether the advice is from a friend or advisor the leader has the responsibility for making the decision and answering for the consequences good or bad advisors are good to have but they are human and they can make mistakes too so you as a leader will not allow your people to embark on a costly project that you know will not succeed you will say no even if you are advised otherwise on the other hand your advisors may say no um, yet if the plan was probably thought out and prayed through yeah and it's prayed through very well um, from the beginning and if um, you as a leader is certain that you have the heart of god on it and is quite sure of success you should proceed only when you're sure another final quality of a good leader is you seek direction from god we say uh, we are uh, saving the best for last which is seeking direction from god learn to seek direction from the lord and be sensitive to the holy spirit it is crucial in all decision making because good advice is helpful but should only confirm and help with shaping what god has already imparted an example is isaiah chapter 30 verses 21 it says your ears shall hear a word behind you saying this is the way walk in it whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left so seek direction from god before making a decision it is easy for me to say to you and it's easy for you to hear it but you know that most times 95 percent of the decisions you make you never actually seek direction from god it's rare sometimes you make the decision and then when it doesn't work out that's when you seek god but seek direction from god on every major decision that you would want to make as a worship leader praise be to god now we are going to look at the next topic which is establishing structure and order establishing structure and order establishing structure and order establishing structure and order i know many people who are running ministries or leadership uh, positions or organizations without a structure and so without order and so without direction but i want to show you how to establish a structure and order now usually you have to ask yourself how good is your organizational structure how is your business organized? How is your choir organized? How is your band organized? How is your family organized? In order to thrive, your ministry must have a strong, stable, and workable structure. A structure that is practical, that is user-friendly, and is cost-effective. Actually, structure is the arrangement of the way things are done, in a ministry or in an organization it is an agreed upon procedure structure provides guidelines and sets parameters chaos confusion and disorganization are inevitable without proper structure you as an effective leader you must help to build a structure that is easy to work with in which people and resources can be plugged in and utilized effectively let's look at the proverbs uh, 10 25 it says when the storm has swept by the wicked are gone but the righteous stand firm now let's look at the qualities of proper structure yeah proper structure will include number one um your financial base okay your financial base your structure proper structure will include your financial base you need to establish where the money will come from to pay 
the workers and run the organizational ministry okay you need to establish where the money will come from to pay workers and run the organization number two training training you need to know how you will train and equip your leadership and associates number three resources you need to be clear on how the ministry organization develops or acquires its resources and materials number four openness openness ask yourself how open or closed you are to new policies and procedures and how effective or ineffective the procedures of the organization are number five job description you and your team will avoid much confusion when everyone understands exactly what is expected of him or her number six the chain of command people should know who is in charge when the leader is absent okay number seven communication channels each person involved needs someone to tell him the plan his role in it and to whom he must report because communication is the key to connection so this is how you know you know how good your structure is if these seven key factors are taken into consideration many uh, christian organizations today including local churches and ministries have fallen because of poor structure and structure must be kept up to date as the organization or ministry grows and develops as new departments are acquired there must be a continuous evaluation of how effective the structure is and whether it needs to be changed or not yeah that's why from the beginning i told you change is vital change is vital to the growth of the ministry uh, or your people that you're leading now you as today's leader you must learn to keep things simple in an age of complexity you must also be willing to humble yourself and ask for advice when necessary because this will keep you from making unnecessary mistakes or from spending twice the amount of time or money that is required resources and time must be valued and conserved in fact you as a leader or a ministry if you lack this attitude you should not be entrusted with a lot of funds because they will be wasteful uh, or they will be wasted and uh, you'll not have uh, effectiveness in the use of those things now another way uh, Another thing that we have to look at when we are establishing structure and order is we have to look at administrative skills. Administrative skills. Keeping administrative matters simple and clear can help save time and unnecessary paperwork. A wise leader must help to simplify things. You are able to think insensibly, getting to the heart of a matter and remaining focused you make complicated things simpler and more easily understood okay the book of proverbs chapter 20 verses 18 says make plans by seeking advice if you wage war obtain guidance make plans by seeking advice if you wage war obtain guidance proverbs 21 verses 5 says the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty so an effective leader will constantly examine the administrative effectiveness and seek to improve procedures in the ministry okay um, many organizations and ministries actually struggle for years or even die for lack of proper management so you as a leader must encourage administrative efficiency and effectiveness and one way to do this might be to hire an experienced 
administrator or a reliable secretary with administrative skills this um, and and the important thing is to actually have someone who will uh, capably assist in maintaining proper order and efficiency in the management of the ministry or organization someone might actually still be asking themselves why does he keep saying organization because most churches in Uganda East Africa Africa and across the globe are seen as non-government organizations or religious organizations so we are dealing with it as a whole Proverbs chapter 24 verses 3 says by wisdom a house is built and through understanding it is established it can be extremely frustrating and inhibiting for pastors with little administrative skill to try to run their growing churches without the help of a good administrator. If you see the growth of a ministry, you know there is a good administrator somewhere making things happen. And it can be someone who is qualified by skill or qualified by the spirit or given a skill by the spirit or a talent so it's important to know that administrative skills are key another thing to have uh, to be able to establish a good structure and order is what we call planning 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 let's look at the book of first chronicles 28 verses 2 and then we'll look at 11 to 12 and then we'll look at verses 19 the bible says King David rose to his feet and said, Listen to me, my brothers and my people. I had it in my heart to build a house as a place of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord, for the footstool of our God, and I made plans to build it. When David gave his son Solomon the plans for the portico of the temple, its buildings, its storerooms, its upper parts, its inner rooms, and the place of atonement. He gave him the plans of all that the Spirit had put in his mind for the courts of the temple of the Lord and all the surrounding rooms, for the, tre uh, for the treasuries of the temple of God and for the treasuries for the dedicated things. All this, David said, I have in writing from the hand of the Lord upon me, and he gave me understanding in all the details of the plan. So, if you do not plan, you're up for failure. You have to plan. You have to plan. You have to plan. As a leader, you have to plan. To have a good structure and order, you have to plan. A Christian leader understands the necessity for being fully prepared before they start dealing with important matters. You spend time with the Lord and carefully plan before presenting something to your staff or the board of directors in fact you as a leader is always prepared and you'll have little trouble selling your ideas when you look at the book of proverbs chapter 16 verses 3 says commit to the lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed commit to the lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed when the leader who is you has carelessly planned frustration and confusion can be the result board members can see through some things a leader may not in this way they can help a leader with planning so planning is very essential luke 14 28 to 30 says for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish all who see it begin to mock him saying this man began to build and was not able to finish yeah so plan 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 okay um now under planning you have to first of all have preparation if you have to plan you have to do preparation if you take time to pray then plan and organize you'll be an excellent leader in fact when you as a leader you forge uh, not forge when you begin to forego uh, necessary preparation and move hastily into a difficult project or situation you'll have little chance 
to succeed. Even if you work day and night, your efforts will be scattered, your resources wasted, and your motivation destroyed. You will rush others to do what you should have already completed, and this can destroy trust and put your competence in question. When you look at Moses, he planned before building the tabernacle. You look at David, he planned before presenting it to Solomon. You look at Solomon, he planned before undertaking the project. When you look at the Tower of Babel, they planned before even thinking about it. So planning is uh, important. You prepare towards the plan that you're going to make before you undertake it. When you look at the book of Proverbs chapter 14, verses 22 to 24, it says, Do not those who plot evil go astray, but those who plan what is good find love and faithfulness. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. The wealth of the wise is their crown but the folly of fools yields folly. But the noble man makes noble plans, and by noble deeds he stands. That's Isaiah chapter 32 and verses 8. But the noble man makes noble plans, and by noble deeds he stands. Isaiah chapter 32 and verses 8. Praise be to God. So, as we look at preparation, um, I want you to, you know, really align yourself because well-prepared leaders are likely to be in control of most situations. So, being prepared through careful planning is wisdom. It's the master key to success. Without proper preparation, victories are rarely achieved. A leader should never wait until the last minute to do things. You must take time early enough to prepare yourself for important matters. And those who take time to prepare themselves thoroughly beforehand approach and encounter with ease. In contrast, those who neglect or um, uh, those who are negligent and are lazy in uh, preparation are likely to be tense, stressed, and the other hand, uh, defensive. You feel like you know, you, you, you want to give excuses for whatsoever you're supposed to do. That is a place of poor planning. Now, adequate and timely preparation involves determining what talents or resources to employ, at what time, by whom. And so you as a leader must make sure that your people have proper training and proper equipment. You should make sure that your people have sufficient financial backing to do the job. And you should also make sure that there is sufficient information needed to complete the assigned task. For example, it is actually foolish for a local church to send its members to the streets to witness if they have had no proper training or if your church is not yet prepared to take care of the new members because proper planning will avoid such mistakes. Okay? There are churches which send out missionaries overseas without any plan for how they will support them. These families go out with high hopes only to come back due to lack of support. And faith is not a substitute for planning. I have to repeat that. Faith is not a substitute for planning. You must plan and believe in the plans that you have made. Faith is not a substitute for planning. God gave us a mind and it's our responsibility to use it. Are we together? Uh, one time I remember actually hearing a story in the United States about some firefighters who went to put out a fire in a small remote town. When they arrived, they discovered that they had no water in the tank of the fire truck. It's because they had no plan. They had to sit there and watch as the building burnt down. And it's a very shameful thing to actually see. When you look at the book of Psalms, chapter 20, verses 1 to 4, it says, May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the Lord, um, God of Jacob, protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept 
your burnt offerings. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. Which means if you don't have a plan, God has nothing to help you succeed. So have a plan, have a vision of where you're going and make preparation towards that. Another thing that you have to look at under planning is what we call strategy. We looked at preparation, now we look at strategy. To be able to plan well, you need a strategy. Strategy is actually a major component of planning. As a wise leader, you must take initiative and you'll carefully consider your strategy. Now, what is strategy? Yeah, It involves identifying good opportunities. It involves putting the necessary facts together. It involves checking out alternatives that are available to you. It involves making proper decisions. It involves taking actions at the appropriate time. It involves sharing your problems with the right people. That is what strategy involves. An effective leader is like a lion. He waits for opportunities or creates opportunities before making a move. He's a hunter. He he actually um, learns to search out and go where the Lord wants him to be. He does not take a chance on missing God's blessings. He prays that God would keep him right square in the center of his perfect will at all times. In fact, he's faithful and very, very persistent. That is an effective leader that has an attitude like a lion. The ability to triumph victoriously often comes from learning to position yourself in the right place at the right time. Strategy requires you to position yourself in the right place at the right time. Okay, let's look at a couple of scriptures. The Bible says in the book of Psalm chapter 40 and verses 5 says, Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you planned for us no one can recount to you. Were I to speak and tell of them, there would be too many to declare. Yeah, uh, Isaiah chapter 14, verses 24, The Lord Almighty has sworn, Surely, as I have planned, so it will be. And as I have purposed, so it will stand. Isaiah chapter 46, and verses 11, From the east I summon a bird of prey from a far-off land a man to fulfill my purpose what i have said that will i bring about what i have planned that will i do the bible says in the book of second corinthians chapter 1 verses 17 to 22 it says when i planned this did i do it lightly or do I make any plans in a worldly manner so that in the same breath I say yes, yes, and no, no? But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by men and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it always has been yes. And for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ, and so through him the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. So, I'm showing you these verses to show you that everything God does, He plans before He does it. You know, He plans before He does it. 
for God so loved the world that he gave. In the loving of the world, he planned that he should give his son, that when he gives his son and we believe in him, no one should perish but have eternal life. So whatsoever God does, he plans. The Bible says God will not do anything except he reveal it to his servant, the prophets. And so everything that God will begin to do through a man or everything that God will begin to do in this world, he has a plan, he has a blueprint. When we see uh, God speaking to Moses, he first gives him the plan of the tabernacle and Moses writes it down as exactly as he sees it and then he puts it into practice. When we see Noah, God tells him build an ark and he gives him the dimensions that is planning because he needs to know the right materials to use and what kind and one and when to find it and where to find it. And so everything God does, he plans. So it is a huge disservice for you and I as leaders to not plan towards anything. For example, there are churches who just open up tomorrow, boom. And as soon as they open, they have no plan whatsoever. They just say next month we're going to buy equipment. Where's the money coming from? They have no idea. There's no structure, there's no strategy, there's no planning, there's no preparation. They're just exercising faith. Faith can never be a substitute for preparation. It can never be a substitute for planning. If you, if you don't plan to succeed, then you have planned to fail. If you don't plan to succeed, then you have planned to fail. Without a plan, you have a plan to fail. Without, you have to have a plan. You have to sit down and think about your vision. Think about where you want to go. Think about how you're going to go there. Think about the options that are workable. Think about the options that do not work. Every company today that is successful has a plan, an annual plan of what they want to achieve, the goals, the objectives, when they want to do things, how they want to do it, how they're going to advertise. how they, And that is very key to the growth of your ministry, to the growth of your organization, to the growth of your family, to the growth of your business. Praise be to God. As we are building you uh, through this Angelus Worship Ministers program, we want to also build great entrepreneurs, great businessmen, great um, worshippers that are increased in wealth. As Paul says, beloved, I, I, I wish above all things that you may prosper even as your soul prospers. We want to see people that are wealthy and increase and begin to multiply in the resources that God gives them. Why? Because there's so much that is in God and there's so much that God would want to do within you and within most of the people that he has placed in this world. Um, that 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 he wants to see uh, an abundance of, of of wealth increase among his people. That's why God makes sure that he has a plan. Great are the plans of man, but the Lord, you know, the Lord watches over all of them. So there's a place in God where when you look at what God has placed before you, you know, God has placed before you and what God desires for you and God what God has for you. You have to get to that place where you need to sit down and be still and begin to align yourself to the plans that God has for you. So someone might ask me, how do I plan uh, for a worship team um, that is struggling uh, to get it all together? The best thing I can tell you is, first of all, can you plan the finances and the resources that are going to hire an experienced uh, um, choir director, someone who can train the choir to sing right? Um, someone might ask, but we don't have, you know, uh, an instrumentalist's band 
that is going to, you know, assist us in the worship ministry, then I would say, can you plan finances and resources and just facilitate some people who know how to play these instruments to come and join you so that you may give a sacrifice that is worthy, you know, of, 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 of the maker of the heaven and the earth, that when you come into his presence, it is beautiful, it is glorious, you know. So there is an excellency that we have to bring into the church in this dispensation. That today, tomorrow, when God makes your worship pastor and God increases you and grows you, that this information that you're getting through the Angelus Worship Ministers program will not be in vain. That God will begin to lift you and begin to use you and your church will exponentially grow. And there will be so much, so much greatness exercise through you and God will begin to raise men and women through you that are men of a difference that the world will be taken by storm by surprise that when people begin to look at the works that God is doing through you they cannot uh, they cannot uh, but say that glory be to God who does exploits through his people and they'll begin to acknowledge the hand of God upon you in all that you do so you need to plan you have, you have to plan for your practices you have to plan how to raise finances you have to plan how to have income sources you have to plan how to increase you have to plan how to grow you have to plan how to do um, evangelism you have to plan you have to plan you have to plan for conferences you have to keep planning have a strategy that is ready have a strategy that is ready have a strategy that is ready. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have a strategy that is ready. Have a strategy that is ready. In the same regard, we are going to look at how to use resources wisely because we're dealing with planning and preparation. We're going to see how to use resources wisely now the greater the scope of your vision is the greater the expenditure of resources the bigger your vision the more resources you'll need now resources should be available before action is undertaken i repeat resources should be available before action is undertaken unless the lord has clearly instructed you otherwise but they should be available before action is undertaken. Many leaders have hurt their reputations as well as their ministry by undertaking big projects without any substantial planning or knowledge of where the resources would come from. And this can cause the organization to lose even what they already own. Are we together? Let's look at a scripture um, that is going to back that up for you. The book of Luke, chapter 14, verses 18 uh, to uh, uh, chapter 14, verses 28 to 30. It says, Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? If he has enough money to complete it, not if he will get enough money, but if he has enough money to complete it. For if he lays the foundation and it is not able to and he's not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, um, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. So much has been said about stepping out in faith, and it's consistently being said, but remember, nothing can ever be um, nothing can ever take the place of wisdom. In this regard, not even faith. Faith can be compared to wisdom. A leader must understand the difference between being presumptuous and having real faith. The book of Psalms 19 verses 12 to 13. Who can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then will I be blameless, innocent, of great transgression another thing that you have to actually put into consideration when you are using resources wisely is 
projects. When a project is launched, it should be completed as soon as possible to avoid unnecessary consumption of resources and time. Prolonged projects can have a negative affect on people's motivation. It can consume more time, energy and resources than people are willing to put into it. And uh, because of that, when momentum dies, motivation also dies. Likewise, starting new projects while you still have a number of unfinished projects can dull people's creativity and dampen their commitment. It will drain their enthusiasm and deplete financial resources and create confusion. When that happens, not even the wisest leader can prevent loss of morale. You may end up uh, losing some faithful and useful members uh, or supporters. In fact, you as a wise leader will take time to regroup, even calling outside help when things are difficult to manage or out of control. Proverbs chapter 23 verses 4 says, Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Have the wisdom to show restraint. This is beautiful. Do not wear yourself out to get rich, but have the wisdom to show restraint. Any Christian leader may actually come against strong opposition or attack during a particular project. So you need to discern whether you should stop whether or whether you are right to go on. Some opposition may be an attack from the enemy. Some may be God trying to bring correction. Yeah, so be careful. Psalms 139 verses 1 to 3. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know one. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar um, and you discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Let's look at Psalms 139 verses 23 to 24. The Bible says that search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxieties and then it says see if there is any offensive way in me okay see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting let's look at psalms 119 verses 125 it says i am your servant give me discernment that i may understand your statutes now, a successful operation need not be complicated. To win, do some things well and in a timely manner. Try to avoid complicated programs that consume much time and many resources. For example, when you become involved in a building program, keep it simple and practical. This is personal, this is ministry, this is business and organization. Now, Another thing you have to consider while using resources wisely is opportunities and risk. As a good steward of God's resources, a wise leader will be frugal whenever possible. Frugality can save an organization in hard times. However, you must never compromise quality and excellence for the sake of expediency. Let quality and excellence be your goal just as it is the Lord's. Let quality and excellence be your goal just as it is the Lord's. Okay? In serving the Lord, you as an effective leader must learn to balance risk with opportunity in order to succeed in today's world. God's timing, locating and utilizing the right resources and uh, innovations are key to success. If God's guidance is sought and followed, what may appear to be risk may actually result in productivity. Look at Proverbs chapter 12, 11. It says, He who works his hand, uh, his land will have abundant food, but he who chases fantasies lacks judgment. Okay? A skillful leader does not hesitate to utilize the resources that God has put in his command. He learns how to use his influence to call upon resources 
and skills available to him by offering such opportunities to uh, various people actually um, okay let me say when you offer such opportunities to various ones uh, or use your various gifts you begin to serve the whole body of Christ even better um, you, uh, you begin to see the blessing which comes to those who give and those who receive yeah because you exercise diligence in the things that God has put in your care now another way of using resources wisely is what we call personal resources and we're going to understand something about that because there's a confusion for most leaders vital to the ongoing life of the ministry are the personal resources of the leader themselves your storehouse of wisdom knowledge and experience need not die with you okay they can be passed on by being shared with others uh, so therefore if you are to be a good leader you should not be stingy in sharing what you know with your people and you should be generous in sharing your experiences that's why i usually encourage you people to be able to invite other people to come and partake of this same knowledge it's me sharing knowledge with you so that you may share the same knowledge with other people and the cycle continues until we have good seasoned leaders the book of second timothy chapter 2 verses 1 to 2 says you then my son be strong in the grace that is in christ jesus and the things you have had me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others now perhaps a leader's most valuable personal resource is your friends okay you must be a bridge builder uh, who networks with others in ministry and uh, because of that you uh, begin to draw from the people in your circle of influence you build the strongest possible team and execute the strongest possible strategy uh, to fulfill the purposes of the holy uh, spirit in the body of christ now look at matthew chapter 5 verses 9 it says blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the sons of god and let's look at romans chapter 12 verses 4 to 5 it says so in christ we who are many form one body and each member belongs to all the others hallelujah so i want to stop there today and uh, trust god that you have been blessed by this lesson we'll carry on in the next lesson thank you for joining me i love you all the lord be with you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and and be gracious to you and uh, may you all see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living i love you all god keep you and shalom